Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 254 for July 26, 2022. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On today's show, Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray signs a new contract extension, and the XFL announces their eight cities for the 2023 season. In this week's history lesson, we tell the story of the time when the Incredible Hulk donned the uniform of the CFL's Toronto Argonauts. But I'm not here by myself. Across the table from me, as always, is my son Adam. Oh my gosh, are we going to talk comic book stuff today? Like, we could talk all A about Comic-Con last weekend, all the all the big announcements. Man, you want to talk about Hulk? We could talk about She-Hulk. We could talk about the new Avengers movies they announced. We could talk about... Wow, you're not going to stop me? I could keep focus, going. Focus, son. Focus. Okay, we're this here to is, talk nerd stuff, right? This is right? football talk. Oh, football. Okay, yes. yes. We come to you each week from the world of football man cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where we post the entire audio portion of this show, as well as other selected videos. In fact, we did one just last night. We posted a video. Yes. We'll talk more about that later. So let's begin today's show with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. We're going to start things off with week seven of the Canadian Football League season. Man, I can't believe we're seven weeks in. Yeah. And every single game this week it was either a really good game or had something very significant happen during it. So let's get to those. We had a doubleheader on Thursday night, the first of which saw the Montreal Alouettes defeat the Ottawa Red Blacks in a shootout 40-33. to How about that? Yeah. Ottawa jumped out to an 11-0 lead in the first half, but Montreal responded with 18 unanswered points. It was a back-and-forth game the rest of the way. In the closing minutes, though, it was Ottawa wide receiver Darvin Adams who dropped a sure touchdown pass in the end zone that could have tied the game, and Montreal eventually held on for the win. Uh, Ottawa's still looking for their first win on the season. Um, and then a note, quarterback uh, Trevor Harris of the Montreal Alouettes threw for 341 yards and two touchdowns is probably the standout performance from that game. So. Yeah. Oh, that Darvin Adams. I mean, oh, he was heartbreaking. Did, did you see that play? I did. He was so wide open in the end zone. Nobody was around him. Should have had it. It was right in his hands, oh. and he just couldn't bring it down. And, you hate oh, to see it. I felt so bad for him yeah. because, yeah, that was the turning point in the game. I mean, it, that was late in the game, but, uh, you know, had he caught that, they would have been down by one. They could have tied it up or maybe gone for two. Who knows what would have happened, but uh, it didn't happen. And, yeah, uh, yeah I just I felt really bad for him because uh, – that's, that's a terrible way to end a game. <laughs> right. You know who doesn't feel bad? Tim mm. Capper, because uh, his Alouette's got to win. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, moving on. Also Thursday night, that second part of the doubleheader, the British Columbia Lions defeated the Hamilton Tiger Cats 17-12, to so a closer game, but a yep. close one nonetheless. The Lions got back on the winning track after their loss to Winnipeg two weeks ago and having a bye last week. So Hamilton, uh, however, had a chance at the end of this game, but it was a Hail Mary pass. Uh, that was intercepted as time expired that uh, sealed that up for them. Yep. Uh, British Columbia quarterback Nathan Rourke uh, threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns, while Hamilton Hamilton quarterback Dane Evans threw for 297 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, you can see the quarterbacks were pretty even uh, through yeah. the whole game. Uh, I think uh, just uh, Nathan Rourke was just a little bit better, I mean, yeah. a little, little bit sharper. And he's, I mean, he's come a long way the last couple of years since he, he stepped onto the, the field in the CFL. I think what was last year was his first year. I not, I thought he was a rookie this year. Was it this maybe, year? I maybe he was. I don't remember him last year. already mixing up last year and this year? Yeah. yeah. I could have swore Rourke was a quarterback last year. I could be yeah. wrong. I thought British Columbia had a young quarterback last year that they were kind of starting to mm. roll out. I maybe I, I could be thinking of a different team. But regardless – very excited for British Columbia. Yeah, he, know, he looks win. really good. His only blemish on the season was that loss to Winnipeg. Yeah. And that was no, that's a, the only blemish for that be, whole team. Yeah, everybody's got a blemish uh, on yeah. the record thanks to Winnipeg this year. Besides that, did you see the billboards, like the billboard fight between Winnipeg and uh, Saskatchewan? I saw. I think I saw one of oh, them. Apparently it's a thing. It's a thing they do, and this is great. If you get a chance, find that on Twitter. It was like always dissing the other team. Mm-hmm. Or I saw one It was a billboard saying uh, Saskatchewan – 
uh, or Winnipeg's great and everything in Saskatchewan is backwards. And this is from years ago. It looked like, and it was when the uh, Blue Bombers were like seven and two, mm. and then the Rough Riders were two and seven. Mm. So uh, it was a pretty funny billboard. So I'd love to hear more. If anybody like lives there and experiences that billboard like more often. I would love to see more of this. I want yeah. to hear more about this billboard. Yeah, we want to know more. You could turn it into a history lesson. <laughs> could be. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they got an easy victory over the Edmonton Elks, 24-10. to But the big story here for us is a story we covered a couple weeks ago, and that is this game was broadcast in the Cree language. And no, not the Cree from the Marvel movies, if you know mm. what I'm talking about. No, this is uh, the indigenous people, yes. a Cree language. Yes. Uh, uh, and I was, I was a little disappointed. I was looking uh, at at several sites today and I was hoping to find an excerpt, you know, mm. a, a few plays with the with the audio from the Cree language. I'm surprised you I couldn't could not, find I could not find anything. And you know, I said last week that I wanted to maybe, you know, when the game was going on, log into one of their two radio stations up there and maybe catch a little bit of the broadcast. I forgot totally to do that. Yeah. But I was hoping that maybe on the CFL website they would have, you know, a, a little two minute, three minute video of, you know, the the uh, guys in the booth or wherever they were from. Uh, watching the game and, and speaking their language right. just to just to get a feel for it because I think that's pretty cool that they did that and uh, uh, maybe they'll do some more hopefully they'll maybe I hope they'll so do a couple that's of really years cool. maybe you know eventually they'll do all of them every I, year. I I love to see more of this I know there's a, a new movie coming out on Hulu uh, which is like a new Predator movie mm. that's going straight to Hulu and that's going to be you can dub it or you can play the dubbing from the Native American language mm. I forget if it's Comanche or what. Some language that I don't think has ever been on film before. Hmm. They're going to actually have a dubbing of that. So instead of listening to the actors speaking English, you can play the Native American language because it takes place in like the 1700s. Mm. And so like hmm. that actually might be cool. It's like it's like their perspective yeah. fighting a predator. That and would be interesting. Two with, of the greatest with English of all time. subtitles. Yeah, with English subtitles. But you're the hearing way you it like to watch Japanese. Uh, I like to watch uh, any foreign movie. I mean, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Hear their language and one of my favorite movies is a French movie, and I, I will never, ever, ever use the American or the English dub for that ever. I don't like to read movies. I know you I, don't. There's certain movies like what about the Raid? The Raid Two, two of the greatest action movies of all time. I refuse to listen to the American. Well, okay. I can't say refuse because actually my buddy played the English sub uh, English dub when I was hanging out with him, but. I prefer the subtitles. Anyway, moving on. What would a kung fu movie be without the actor's lips not matching up to what the audio is? And what would this that's podcast awesome. be without a tangent that doesn't involve football whatsoever? Oh, that's right. We were talking about a game. Yes, here. we All were. Right. Okay. I guess I'll have to start over. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers <laughs> defeated the Edmonton Elks 24-10. to 10. We talked about the fact that this was broadcast in the Cree language. Good for them. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Uh, don't go on a tangent, Adam. Uh, this is the 11th straight home loss for Edmonton, dating back three years. Yeah, it's been a oh, while boy. since they won a game at home. Man, oh, man, that's rough. That's yeah. that's getting the Lions and Jaguars territory yeah. there from the NFL. Yeah, those poor fans up there. Hopefully yeah. they'll get a win here soon. Gosh, I hope so, because uh, they, they seem like a great group of fans. Yeah. Anyway, Winnipeg kicker Sergio Castillo made a 52-yard field goal in the first quarter. Elks quarterback Taylor Cornelius uh, was sacked five times in the game. <laughs> Oof. And then the Blue Bombers now, of course, remain the only unbeaten team in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, it's hard to win a game when your quarterback's being sacked all the time. And Hold five, on. We, we saw a game in the NFL where Joe Burrow got sacked like 11 times, and they still won that game mm. against the Titans. True. So <laughs> True. It can be done, yeah, but it I is guess. tough to overcome. Sure. All right, and finally, in the game of the weekend, in my humble opinion, because... I wish I would have finished this game. But uh Yeah, we started watching we, this. I caught most of the first half, then I had to go to bed. Second <laughs> half though, apparently missed some good stuff. The Toronto Argonauts defeated the Saskatchewan Rough Riders thirty one to twenty one. Uh the game was moved back one day from Saturday due to COVID, which I did not realize. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, an outbreak of COVID on the Saskatchewan okay, team. Okay, so was, was that why? The league let them move the game back. Okay, day. I did not know that. Yep. At the end of the first half, which we were watching, Saskatchewan, uh, no, uh, it wasn't Saskatchewan kicker. It was Toronto kicker Boris Beattie attempted a 61-yard field goal that went wide right, but it was returned 112 yards by Saskatchewan. I don't know if he's a defensive back, what position he was, a return man. Anyway, returned by Mario Alford, 112 yards for the touchdown to close out the first half. Yeah. What a turnaround that was because yep. the score was... Uh, it was close. It was like 14 to 9 or something like that maybe. No, it was like 11. It was 11 to 9, I think, because then 
Saskatchewan got the touchdown, went up 15-11 going into the half, mm. and they missed the two-point conversion, which was intercepted by Toronto, and we thought Toronto might return that to get the oh, two yeah. points, but yeah. it didn't happen. Uh, but late in the game, Alfred was returning another punt uh, with under a minute to play, and he fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recovered by Toronto and ran in for the score, ins- ensuring the win. Uh, so heartbreaking defeat there for Saskatchewan when they had a little bit of hope there. Yeah, that was after you went to bed, so you didn't see that play. I, I saw the highlight, though. Oh, did you it, see it was fantastic because Toronto was still up, but you could tell if Saskatchewan got the ball back, they could go yeah, down they, and score. Yeah, they were up by three points. Yeah, and... but scooping and scoring that you know, sealed the victory for yep, Toronto. sure did. Uh, Argo's quarterback, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, the greatest name in Canadian football right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, threw for 336 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Andrew Harris became the first Canadian-born run- Canadian running back to surpass the 10,000-yard rushing mark in a career. He becomes just the sixth player in CFL history to do so. We watched that happen live. Yep. He carried the ball 26 times during the game. 26 times during the game. Let me say that again. <laughs> for 143 yards. And yeah, that's a that's a great heck of a milestone for the, the NFL. I mean, for, yeah. for the CFL where they don't run a lot. Yeah. Uh, he really had a, a whale of a game. Good for him. Becoming the sixth guy all time to do it. The first Canadian born to do it. It's a big deal. So yeah. congratulations to him. Congratulations to Toronto on the win. Yep. Uh, and then on by the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, this week and then next week they will play at home against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, seven and zero versus four and one. And Calgary getting a rest. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that because Calgary might be the second best team in the CFL. Yeah. That, All right. That Toronto uh, Saskatchewan game. Those were the best highlights of the week yeah. in my book. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were good. I mean, even though Edmonton lost, there were some great highlights from that game. I mean, they played hard. Yeah. Uh, but they just couldn't win, and and every game was you know was hard fought. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no beatdowns this yeah. week. Everybody was. Um, well, I'd, I'd well. say the Elks got a beat down, but but even so, I you know when I watched the the highlight package, it's like man, they had some great plays during that game, uh, just wasn't enough. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the CFL standings as of right now, the Toronto Argonauts lead the East with a three and two record, followed by the two and four Montreal Alouettes, the one and five Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the zero oh and six Ottawa Red Blacks. Mm. Oof. That's all I will say there. Not many wood cookies being cut up there this season. No. And if you uh, know what we're talking about, we refer to Randy's history lesson from last week. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, in the West, it is the 7-0 and Winnipeg Blue Bombers way out in front, followed yeah. by the 4-1 Calgary Stampeders and the 4-1 and British Columbia Lions. Then the 4-3 and Saskatchewan Rough Riders, followed by the Edmonton Elks at 2-5 and to round out the West Division. Mm. All right, we're going to move to the Indoor Football League, who had their first round of playoffs this week. Doubleheader on Friday. So, all, uh, yeah, doubleheader on Friday for the East, which saw the number three Quad City Steamwheelers upset the defending champion, uh, Massachusetts Pirates, 39 to 38. How about wow. that? Yeah. Um, so, close game there. And uh, as we got some breaking indoor football news, which we can touch on in a minute, uh, uh, I'll have to click on that. I saw it on my phone. Anyway, then on Friday as well, the number one Frisco Fighters delete, deleted, defeated the number four Iowa Barnstormers, deleting them from the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, 64 true. to 39. What a great recovery by me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In the West, we had a Saturday-Sunday matchups. The number two Northern Arizona Wranglers defeated interstate rival the Tucson Sugar Skulls 49 to 30 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the number one Arizona Rattlers Defeated the number four Duke City Gladiators fifty-three to fourteen. That sets up uh, your semifinal matchups next week in the East, which will be played on Friday. Uh, the Quad City Steamwheelers will play at the Frisco Fighters. And then on Saturday for the West, it'll be the number two Air- Northern Arizona Wranglers versus the number one Arizona Rattlers. And boy, uh, three of those teams I'm super excited for, but I can't help but root for that that underdog Quad City team. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we went to go see the Quad City Steamwheelers many years ago when they were an AF2 team. And, yeah. uh, so I've always had a, uh, a real soft spot for the Quad City Steamwheelers. Uh, nothing against the other teams, but, you know, I, I do like to root for the underdogs, so, so that's what, who I'm rooting for. Uh, it's probably going to be, you know, Arizona and Frisco winning next week and, and playing probably in Arizona for the championship. Uh, but, man, I'm, I'm rooting for Quad City this time around. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. I have I've pulled up the IFL has posted a 
They have a live video right now. I have no sound on it, so I can't oh. tell you what they're talking about. But they're making some sort of announcement. The speculation is they're announcing a Tulsa team. And as soon as, mm. probably by the end of the show, as we see some official graphic or news item, I'm sure we'll get back to that. Okay. All right. Moving on, the National Arena League. It was week 14 and the end of their regular season. We had a triple header. All six teams playing on Saturday. Starting with the Carolina Cobras defeating the Jacksonville Sharks 62-55. to Then the Columbus Lions defeated the Orlando Predators in a big old beatdown, 71-14. to And Orlando was even shut out in the second half. Man, how Oof. do you do that? Maybe you shut them Oof. out for a quarter, but to shut them a out in the second half? half? Wow. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the definition of a beatdown. Yeah. And then on Saturday, the Albany Empire defeated the San Antonio Gunslingers 61-55, to ending their season because... As the final standings will dictate and the playoffs uh, will dictate the playoffs we are about to talk about. Uh, finishing out the regular season standings, the Cobras of Carolina at 9-5, and five, the Albany Empire at 8-4, and four, the Columbus Lions at 7-5, and five, the Jacksonville Sharks at 7-7, seven and seven, the San Antonio Gunslingers, who we were pulling for for half the season, yep. at 4-8, and eight, and then the Orlando Predators finished at 3-9, and nine, setting up uh, their two semifinal games in the playoffs as the Jacksonville Sharks will go to Albany to play the Empire next Saturday, and then the Columbus Lions will travel to Carolina to play the Cobras on Saturday. So there are your games for the National Arena League playoffs. Uh, anything else before we shut down no, the scoreboard? No, I'll just say that, that score of uh, Albany over San, San Antonio, 61-55. Again, San Antonio put up a heck of a fight, yep. but... Just lost was, by six yeah, points. Yeah, uh, wasn't enough. I don't. They wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. I no, but I, they. But man, still, they were so close. They had so, so much many this year. close games this year. If they can bring that team back next year and maybe add, like, say, if they get a quarterback or somebody from one of these other teams, I don't know mm. what kind of piece they're missing. <laughs> but you get them over the top. Watch out for the Gunslingers next yeah. year in the National Arena League. Well, if, if they're scoring that many points, they've obviously got a quarterback that can find his receiver. Maybe they just need more receivers, or maybe they need a defense well, to shut down receiver. the other team. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, and that'll do it for this week's World of Football scoreboard. All right, let's get into some news. Uh, we'll start with the NFL news, and the big news this past week was Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray signing a five-year contract extension through the year 2028 with the team. The deal is worth $230.5 million, with $160 million being guaranteed. Uh, and that includes some homework for him, too. They, they didn't announce that at first. No, like this kind of came out the day after. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, a stipulation to the guaranteed portion of his contract says that Murray is required to spend four hours per week in independent study of the game plan. And that's something he had on his end, him and his agent, had to negotiate or agree to as well. It's not like the team slid that in there without him knowing. So he knows about right, this. Right. He had, yeah, he had to know so about he it. he had to he agree signed, to it. signed it, but... You know, that just tells me that maybe they thought that uh, Murray, you know, he's a good quarterback, but maybe he wasn't putting in the work that maybe. he needed to be a great quarterback. Maybe. And if they're going to spend that much money on him, they want to make sure that he's taking this seriously. And maybe even he, it could be on his side. Like, I know I, I kind of sometimes need an extra push sometimes to mm. maybe do a little extra to maybe get the work done. Some people need that. Maybe that's going to help him. Uh, we'll see. I, I hope it helps make him better because I think he's a fantastic young quarterback. Um, I know you have your doubts, but yeah, I think... I'm, I'm not sold on him just yet. I don't blame you. I, I think he's had a lot of great flashes, and he's had some really bad you know, uh, flashes as well. Mm -hmm. But I think he's got the tools to be a, a, a fun, unique quarterback. And yeah, his size is something that people are going to look at and be like, oh boy, I don't know if I trust him being that small. Hey, Doug Flutie is my favorite Doug Flutie quarterback. Doug Flutie did it. Russell Wilson's done it. Yep. Um, Drew Brees did it. So that doesn't matter. It's, so it's the talent that matter. you've got. And he's talented. talented. He can run it, throw it. If, as long know. as he stays healthy, he is a scary, scary player. Yeah, and I'm I think... Just, I'm just not totally sold yet. I know you're not, but I think he deserved the money. So... Okay. Go get paid, son. <laughs> All right. Uh, another story. Wide receiver Danny Amendola, uh, at the age of 36, has decided he's going to retire from yeah. the NFL. He played his college football at Texas Tech, and he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Cowboys in 2008. He played for the St. Louis Rams, uh, New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions for two years, yeah. and uh, his last season uh, with uh, Houston last year. He won two Super Bowls with the Patriots when he was there, 
and he's uh, possibly looking at getting into broadcasting now. Uh, what player doesn't? I yeah. Mean, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. A, I like. I like Danny Amendola. He's I got the name recognition. I can't remember if I thought he would be a great media personality or not. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys that I mean, I liked. I just don't know if he's booth material or if he's sideline material or yeah. you know in studio material. I have no clue. Yep. So we'll see. Best of luck to him. I mean, shoot, you won a couple Super Bowls. I think he had a great career. Yes, he did. Uh, he's a name that you know you hear and you know exactly who we're talking about. One so. tough player. Uh, yeah. Wasn't afraid to to go over the Man, middle for he, it to he, get a ball. He and... definitely made some plays with New England that you know yep. uh, that I won't forget. And I, I was always kind of thinking, man, if Detroit could get somebody like him on them, and we did for a couple of years. And but by then, I won't say his <laughs> his talent was shot, but he definitely wasn't the same player he used to be. But well, and he was with Detroit and not New England, yeah, so there, there's your difference right there. Yeah. But uh, no, a, a tough, defendable, dependable uh, wide yeah. receiver that uh, uh, I think he'll be missed. Yeah. A lot of fans will miss seeing him out there on Sundays. Uh, another retirement that uh, came out today, a little bit surprising, uh, running back Chris Carson retires at the age of 27 due to a neck injury. Oh, you he was to a, see it. He was a seventh-round pick uh, by the Seahawks in 2017, and he's played the last five seasons in Seattle. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's your health a, has got to come first. We always does. say that. And we're seeing this more and more. We we just had a Detroit Lion guy at 25, 20, like yeah. younger. Yeah, one of our just, linemen. He's only been in the league a couple of years, and he retired yep. Uh, yep. for health reasons. So, hey. I'm glad that guys are taking that seriously and knowing that it's not all about the money. You know, you got to think about your your health. And yep. Carson, he's been a great running back when he can get out there. I think he, he was a top-tier running back in the NFL before getting hurt. Not a lot of people know him other outside of fantasy. You, you, you know, and he played in Seattle. And if you're not Marshawn Lynch, I think <laughs> you don't get that same recognition right. out there. But Carson was a great running back, so he will be sorely missed. Yeah, well, no amount of money in the world is going to – uh, compensate for your quality of life later on if you if you play too long when you know that you've got an injury. You telling me that for fifteen million dollars you wouldn't strap on a helmet and go get your ass beat in a, in a football game for man? One I game? fell down in a parking lot a couple weeks ago and I'm still trying to recover You're from that. Still falling down? You literally <laughs> fell on your front porch. That's the other true. Day. I did. How many falls is that? Two? I've, I've fallen down twice now. Oh and, boy! And I, my mother always used to say, "There's not a two without a three. So I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, I'm going to fall down again." Well, here we, soon. we think the three but, was uh, yeah. your wife, my mom. Yeah. She yeah. fell. Too. She fell down on the porch too the other day. So it doing the like, same thing I did. Sounds like any money we make off this podcast <laughs> is going straight into a oh either a uh, safety ramp for you guys to get off your yeah. porch or some sort of railing. Well, you know, she got she got a little bit of a bruise. My second my second fall was nothing. The first one, man, I had to go to the doctor and get x-rays on my on my toe, one of my toes, and my knee to make sure there was nothing broken in there because it was it was bad. Well, hey, thank, thank goodness uh, you weren't uh, put on the injured list so you That's could right. still make it to the podcast. Yes. Yeah, well, I, don't worry, Buttercup. I'm sucking it up, and I'm here. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, Speaking this, of sucking it up. This also came out just a little while ago. Uh, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow is getting his appendix removed. Yeah, within I, I the next that's, 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so something must that's have just gonna, happened. Yeah. You know, uh, your mom had her appendix taken out a, a few uh, months ago, well, I guess last fall. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, that came out of nowhere, and she was in pretty bad shape. Um, they took that thing out, and she was out of the hospital within a few hours. Yeah. I mean, they said, well, you can recover here, or you can just go home and recover. And she said, I want to go home. So, I mean... Like within an hour of surgery, I was wheeling her out the door yeah. <laughs> to come home. So that means if you're Joe Burrow, I mean, come on, Joe Burrow's going to go in. He's going to get this surgery. He'll be fine. He'll probably get a few extra days of rest, you know. Rub a little dirt on it Rub and back dirt. on the field. <laughs> I don't think he'll go right back out on the field. If I were him, I'd take the, it's only training camp right now. Right. Let let him just take a couple extra days. Right. So uh, good, for, good for Joe, <laughs> you know, getting the next couple of days. But, hey, seriously, hopefully everything goes fine. I mean, uh it, it is just an appendix, so yeah, like I said, shouldn't it, have to worry. But you know, you still it's it's not a big incision. Through. They can go in and snap, you know, snip that thing out in no time, yeah. and and you're you're out of there in no time. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams got their Super Bowl rings this week. Man, those videos were everywhere yeah. of the players with the rings, uh, videos of just the rings, and, and Matthew uh, Stafford debuting his new Instagram with a picture of him with his ring and yeah, cutting his wife and out, cutting of the his phone. wife out of it. 
And then when no, you, you see why he cut his wife out of the phone, you fo- you've sense. been following his wife for years oh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, are you following him now that he's got an account? Oh, of course. Everybody's following Matt Stafford now <laughs> and his one picture he's posted. But, but yeah, they uh, he posted a, like it was like half of her face and you could barely see her shoulder. Well, you know why? And then they showed the whole picture and <laughs> she's wearing she a... She was looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she was she was proud of it. I don't know if... He was embarrassed, or I don't know. I, I don't think, think it was just a funny, but... as a funny first picture. He cut his wife out of it. I think it's hilarious. Maybe he just thought, yeah, I want the attention to be on the ring, right. not your cleavage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, speaking of that ring, though, did you notice? And I saw somebody bring this up, and I had to look at the ring again. I was like, you're right, because I I noticed something at first that was a little off about this ring. Traditionally, when a team gets a Super Bowl ring, they acknowledge past Super Bowl victories. Mm-hmm. Like if the New England Patriots got six trophies on their right. their rings, right, for their last Super Bowl. Why did the Los Angeles Rams only put a single Lombardi trophy when they have won a Super Bowl in the city of St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Is it a conspiracy? Is it because St. Louis sued the NFL? So Los Angeles's subtle way of getting back at St. Louis was saying, we're not going to acknowledge that Super Bowl title on this fancy ring hmm. and uh, put the palm trees on there next to the Lombardi trophy. Because I did think, like, wow, why only only one? They've won two Super Bowls now. Like, why didn't they acknowledge the other one? And then when that got pointed out, hmm. I was like, that there's got to be some sort of credence to that. Like a Could little be. bit of little bit of an F you to St. W- Louis. I wouldn't doubt it. Oof. I wouldn't doubt that they, they snubbed St. Louis. But otherwise, these rings are getting crazier and oh, crazier. Yeah. The fact that you can now... Take off the top, take the top and see off the stadium. And see the stadium. But then the Rams had to take it a step further by putting in the Oculus screen from SoFi Stadium in the bottom of the ring. Mm. So, like, when it's all completed, you can see the scoreboard in there. But when you take it out, obviously the scoreboard's on the top of the ring. So just some crazy detail to this ring. And it looks really cool. I'll give them that. Gaudy, oh, yeah. sure. But it does look really It's, it's cool. not the kind of thing you want to wear, you know, like out to dinner or something like that. Are you kidding? Matt Stafford's wearing this to every dinner for the rest of his life. Some of these dudes fought tooth and nail to get a Super Bowl win. These dudes are going to flaunt it the rest of their life, and then they're even going to lift off the top and be like, see that? And then put it back on. You know it. But the, I, you know so, Tom Brady walks out there with all eight of his Super Bowl rings or whatever yeah, he's, right. he's got now? Yeah, he's got to have two people like helping Thanos hold Thanos from the Avengers movies. <laughs> but I saw a couple different... Uh, pictures of with the with the top of the ring off uh, one showed the field yeah. you know and it showed the, you know the Bengals sideline or yeah. the Bengals end zone and, and uh, the the Rams but then in another one that it showed like there was actually like part of a, a an actual football yeah the game one of the game balls was yeah. in, in all the rings yeah but but I I didn't was that was that around the field I, I couldn't it was really I think weird. it was around either the inside of the top of the ring or like oh, maybe that, okay Oculus. maybe that was inside the top okay I think it was okay. around the Oculus uh, screen. Yeah. Or the image of the Oculus screen. You know, they kind of mimicked the mm. Oculus actual screen. They but couldn't yeah, fit a whole Oculus thing in the ring. That's it's, something they couldn't do. It's way too over the top, and it's only going to get worse. I can't imagine. Oh. If... Wait till the Detroit Lions finally get a Super Bowl ring. Oh, that yeah. thing is going to be – I hope it's the gaudiest <laughs> of the gaudy. <laughs> now there'll be wristbands. You know, it'll be like a watch that you put on. No, it. it's going to look like the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm telling you, it's just going to be a whole stick and glove. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait till the. It's going to get so bad in the way in the future. That it's going to be like a big old like medieval knight suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the New York Jets are going to wear an alternate black helmet three times this fall. Something they're calling stealth black. Boo. And I don't like. It this is the worst. I think this. Hold on, this was the worst alternate helmet I'd saw until one of the next teams unveiled theirs. So, okay, I'm already sick of the alternate black helmets um, because uh, you don't have every team on here. So we'll just re- let, rattle through them. All week there's been a different team, it seems, every day that announces yeah, some sort I'm, of alternate I'm tired helmet. of it. It's hard to keep up with, and I yeah. love the helmets, but the, this trend of all of them are just doing like these black helmets. Or a white helmet. Well, it, usually it's kind of to coincide with their color rush uniform. Mm. So I did see a uh, article over on UniWatch, which is a great little site. They talk about uniforms and stuff. How I was also under the impression that these helmets would be something special, something unique, and they would like change the design of like their logo. Like for the Bears, the Bears added their or- all orange uniform, right, orange and helmet. a lot of people are disappointed because it was just an inverse color of the letter C on the side of the helmet. So an orange shell with a black C. 
a lot of people were like, why aren't we throwing the bear logo, like of the bear face that mm-hmm. we've had for years? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we putting that on a helmet? Like, that should be the point of these alternate helmets. It should be, like, sure, having the helmet shell match the, the uniform. It, you know, I'm a big uniform junkie. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I love that sort of stuff, and I get it. But I'm disappointed because I, too, think, yeah, do something special with it. Do, like, like I know a lot of people hate it, and you especially hate <laughs> Oregon. I hate change. You hate Oregon period. doing oh, yes. um, a different uh, combination different every combination. Week. But if the NFL is going to limit it to one or two extra helmets or whatever they're doing, I think the helmet rules, they can have as many as they want, apparently, I think. I, I'm not sure. But I thought it would be cooler if you just had a different design, like just – Put the bear logo on there that you've never had on a helmet before. Mm. That would be cool. That'd be your nice, cool one-off helmet. If you're the um, like some other teams, like the the Ravens have always had the Raven on their helmet. What if they do that Baltimore shield they always put on like their shoulders, like something like that. Like do something slightly different, mm. but instead it's just hey, it's the same helmet, but all black or all white or what have you. And some of them work and some of them don't. And, and it, right now it just looks like this trend of all black helmets is just annoying. Yeah. And we got, uh, finally the breaking IFL news. If you want to get to that after the NFL news, we'll talk okay. about that. So, all right. Let's hold off on that. But yeah, yeah so, so I think there's 13 helmets so yeah, far. So what did we add this week? So this week we added the New York jets, black, the stealth black yeah. thumbs down from me. Yeah. The bears unveiled their orange helmets. Thumbs down for me. That oh, is God. the worst one yep. so far. Uh, the Cowboys made the official announcement that they're going to do those white throwback helmets that they did uh, in 2012 was the last time I think they wore them mm. on Thanksgiving games, which I'm fine. I love that Cowboys uniform. Yeah, but it's then, part of their hi- team history. Yes, it, but then they also added, supposedly, I haven't seen this officially, but the NFL official Twitter slash Instagram page shared all the different helmets thus far. And there was another Cowboys helmet on it. It's like the regular Cowboy design, but on a white helmet. Mm. I have not seen that officially announced anywhere. Mm. I have seen the throwback, but I have not seen that officially announced. So I'm still kind of waiting to get clarification right. the, the on that. The throwback is a, a solid star, yes. whereas the, this the other alternate one, helmet, this is, mysterious helmet is their current star yes. with the uh, outline white, around it. With just the white helmet shell. Right. 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 So, yeah, that's one confused me. Then we also had the Arizona Cardinals. Unveil a oh, black right. helmet, um, right. but theirs is cool. I like the idea of theirs black because with the red flex. it's gonna have the red flex in it because it reminds me of the Jaguars when they did their black helmets, but they had the blue specks in it. Mm. So if if the lights hit the helmets in a certain way, I think it'll look fine. I think that at least sticks out. Um, so I think those are all the up to date NFL helmet changes as of right now. I'm yeah, sure. I don't, we'll, I'm, yeah, there's probably gonna be more, and I. <laughs> I don't like what they've done already, so I don't think I'm going to like. Don't worry, what's we'll do a full breakdown video in the future. I want to do every new alternate helmet before the season starts and rank them, but that's just me. <laughs> anyway, so, so they're all in last place as far yeah. as I can say. So yeah, enough helmet talk. Let's move on to the next story. All right, uh, a bit of a sad story here. Rookie uh, Texans rookie wide receiver John Mechie the third revealed that he has leukemia and it's unlikely that he's going to play this season. Uh, he's hoping to be back next year. Uh, Mechie was selected in the second round of this year's NFL draft out of Alabama. And the Texans traded up to get him. Mm. So they wanted this guy bad. They yep. traded draft capital. I forget how much they traded away to get up to him. They At least a couple of picks mm. in the second third round, maybe. I could be wrong. Um, but they traded away stuff to get him. And, man, what a bummer. I mean, one, I'm glad they put out a great statement. You know, the Texans are fully behind the guy. Right. So good for them at least doing this PR thing right for a change. <laughs> um, and, of course, obviously our thoughts are with uh, Mechie the third. Sure, yeah. Because I hate seeing a young player who's – it was going to be his first year in the league. Right. And to have this kind of come out is is really sad, and we just wish him the best and a, a speedy recovery and through this process. Didn't he get injured when he was at Alabama? He was one of the – yeah, I think it was the uh, SEC championship game yes, he yes, got hurt during. Because yep. then Jamison uh, Williams, Williams. – the Lions rookie wide receiver got hurt during the national right. championship. So. so he's already coming back from an injury, and then to have this on top right. of it, I mean, yeah. man, thoughts thoughts with this kid. Yeah, yeah, hopefully he can come back next year and play. You know, I, I guess the form of leukemia that he has is the most treatable. Okay, that's so that, I, I read silver that linings. Yeah, so I, mean, I guess, uh, you know, that's, that's the only good thing you can take away from this. Yeah. So hopefully... He can get treated for yeah. it, and uh, maybe next year, yeah, he'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully that yeah. does, and happen. hopefully sooner, man. Wouldn't it be great if he could 
come back this year. I'm not saying he will, but man, what a great story that would be. I wouldn't rush it. I'm not going to rush him either, but I'm just saying what a great story that would be. Okay, finally in in NFL news, um, the NFL has debuted or released something called NFL Plus. I mean, everything's got a plus. you got your ESPN Plus and... And Disney Plus and Paramount Plus. Yeah, everything's got a plus. Everything's got a plus. So the NFL is releasing their own streaming service called NFL Plus. Uh, This is a platform where you can watch uh, local and primetime games on your phone or tablet. And I think it's exclusively for your phone or tablet. But there's Um, some debate because, like I said uh, before we hit record, I have the Apple TV and I downloaded yesterday the um, NFL app on there. And I was like, okay, let's see what it says. And I was kind of reading through uh, the NFL, and it worked. It does work for Apple Plus. I could pay the premium uh, price, you know, either the five a month or the thirty nine for the year, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it supposedly works on the Apple TV. Hmm. Um, I've been waiting to give it a trial run because I want to actually see it with games. Like right now, it's just NFL Network stuff. Right. So until we start getting actual regular season games, I'll probably try it out just to experience the service mm. and see if it's actually going to be worth worth it and if it'll actually play on an apple tv plugged into a tv yeah well i haven't heard if this is going to be replacing what they used to have the nfl all access yeah the, whatever it was on their uh nfl.com where you could pay uh yeah you pay so much i, I had it free for a while as a, as a trial thing and uh you know you could get nfl film stuff you could get documentaries you know anything that's been put out about right. the nfl you could get access to uh, if you wanted to search through that, that yeah. vast library, uh, which was kind of cool. but So I don't know if the All Access is still going to be out there, if this is just some something strictly to watch games on your phone or tablet, yeah. and, and maybe the All Access is still out there. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out yeah. after a while. But uh, that's it for our um, NFL news. I, I really didn't have any um, college news, but I just remembered that uh, we were going to do this story about the University of Miami doing away with their oh, yeah. turnover they, chain. They're I getting rid of the turnover chain. And because their new coach didn't like it. So mm. so it was the new coach's decision to do away with the turnover chain. Well, good uh, for him. They've been doing that for what, five, six, it seven was years? Like from 2017 to 2022, okay. so yeah, five seasons. It seems like they were the first ones to do something yeah. like that. And this big gaudy chain with the, you know, the, the college logo on it. You know, if you got an interception or a turnover or whatever, you got to go to the sideline and put this huge thing around your neck and parade around. And then everybody got in the act. Yeah. Everybody's got something. It wasn't there a... Uh, there was a turnover thrown. Yeah. But but we did a, a thing where uh, an FCS team had a turnover hat and cane. Do you remember oh, that? I think like I a, that. Like a top hat and yeah. cane uh, based on their, their... I can't even remember what the school mascot, that was. Yeah. But yeah, based on their mascot I that, I remember that looked like that. that one. But, you know, it just got ridiculous with all these schools See, coming up with something. I thought they did away with it mainly because of the NIL thing. Like, you know, the turnover chain was a lot of, like, gimmicky stuff. And now yeah. that these players are, players are getting paid and all that, like, well, now we don't really need to be, uh, you know. Ostentatious. Off, do, you know, <laughs> trying to get the spotlight on us on the sideline. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. But good no. for them. I always thought the turnover stuff was stupid. Yeah. But uh, whatever. No, I did read that it was the new coach. And then, you know, a few years ago, uh, the new coach at the University of Michigan, before Harbaugh, can't even remember who that was, uh, did did away with the uh, number one jersey for the wide receiver. It wasn't Rich Rodriguez. It was uh, uh, Brady Hoke. Was it? Okay. Brady Hoke. Yeah, he did away with the number one jersey for the wide receiver. And, you know, Anthony Carter wore number one. It's like your best receiver always wore number one on the field. And Harbaugh brought that back when he took over. So that's back. So who knows uh, how long this will go. Um but, yeah, I didn't care for it, so I'm personally glad to see it go. All right, and that breaking indoor football league news, they are adding an expansion team in 2023 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, kind okay. of what we were thinking. So uh, they made it official. Okay. We will be seeing a team in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. So could we see the return of the Tulsa Talons? They've been stealing a lot yeah. of those arena names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? No. They might have a, a, a name-the-team contest like maybe. a lot of these things do, and maybe the fans will want to bring back the, the Tulsa Talons. Talons. Who yeah. knows? Okay, uh, XFL news. They finally unveiled the eight cities that they're going to play in next week, next season. Next uh, week? <laughs> next season. Uh, gone are uh, the L.A. Wildcats, 
the New York Guardians, oh, which you you got a hat from the I got Guardians. a hat and shirt. They were my team. And the and the Tampa Bay Vipers, which I thought was awful. Yeah, they, yeah, they, were, the they were an awful yeah. logo, awful green colors. But, but the Guardians I liked. The Wildcats, you know, they were kind of like red yeah. and yellow. They could take them or leave them. We were going to go see them too. We yeah. were going to see St. Louis yeah. and L.A. Yeah. The Wildcats play, and then you know, COVID ended their season a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, those three teams are gone. They're going to be replaced by the cities of Orlando. Uh, Las Vegas and San Antonio, yep. so that's that's kind of good. Three Texas uh, teams now. Yeah, so Orlando is going to be coached by Terrell Buckley. The Las Vegas team is going to be coached by Rod Woodson, and the San Antonio team is going to be coached by Heinz Ward. Now the returning cities are, or they're calling it Arlington, but it was Dallas before. It's same thing. Uh, Arlington slash Dallas. It, that's going to be coached by Bob Stoops. You've got a team in Houston that's going to be coached by Wade Phillips, whose father was a big uh, uh, bum Phillips. Uh, he coached the Houston Oilers for a long time. And then you've got uh, Seattle, uh, where Jim Haslett's going to be the head coach. And their offensive coordinator is going to be June Jones, the great June Jones from the USFL and the Houston Gamblers and the run-and-shoot offense and, uh, and all that. So he's still around. And then uh, St. Louis is coming back, and that, that coach is going to be Anthony Becht. And finally, Washington D.C., and that's going to be coached by Reggie Barlow. So those are your your eight cities. Uh, they they named some of the stadiums. I didn't recognize all the stadiums. The the, the Las Vegas team is trying to get uh, the rights to play in the um, uh, Allegiant Stadium there. I don't know if that's going to happen. Of course, you know that the the St. Louis team is going to be playing yeah, where the the St. Louis Rams the dome, used to play I think the it's dome. Called, yep. Yeah, and a few other ones. They might be in like soccer stadiums or something. I'm not sure. So, um, uh, but that, you know, we had been expecting this news for some time, but it finally came out, uh, just a day or so ago. So yeah, we, we now know the eight cities for the XFL next year. Uh, will they bring back some of the names from the returning cities or will they come up with new names and new logos? I would think, you know, that, you know, they've already got, uh, names and logos and uniforms for the, the returning cities. Yeah. But are, are they going for another true reboot and well, you know, starting fresh? Who knows? We'll yeah. See. Dwayne Johnson and his, uh, uh, partner there, Danny Garcia, yeah, yeah. may may want to come up with all new names by themselves. So who who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. I wish they'd bring back the Las Vegas Outlaws, that was the, a great the original, though. and the, it was a great helmet too. And the, LB like the, on a gold helmet. I like the Orlando awesome. Rage. I would love if yeah. they, if they brought the Orlando Rage back. Yeah. You know, kind of mixed a little bit of the old old sure. and the new sure. XFL. So give a nod to the original. We'll and, see. And we'll see. If, if not, things. I'm fine with a whole fresh set of logos. And you know me, I'm a sucker for logos. And yeah, we'll see. all that stuff. Just more helmets I've got to try and collect. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have the new XFL helmets yet. No. No, I don't. They never even sold those. those, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't know if I saw any of them or not. I had to get a custom set. I got almost all the AAF helmets, uh, thanks to you and your brother. Yeah, we're missing just a couple. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Arena Football TV on YouTube. Uh, another great game they posted uh, from the 2005 season. It's a rematch of Arena Bowl 15, the Nashville Cats at the Grand Rapids Rampage. Uh, you and I were at this game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember I was covering it from the press box, and I, I went and found my article. You can still find it on Arena Fan under uh, original content uh, for that particular game, uh, right. how, they, how they went, and, you know, how, what the final score was, and who had a great game and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember that game. Uh, the vi- the video, however, begins in the second quarter, so they don't have the entire game. But yeah. you know, from then on, hey, they've got the rest of the game. Some arena football is better than no I know, arena football. I know, but uh, yeah, Michael Bishop was the quarterback yeah. for Grand Rapids at that time, and uh, yeah, great memories. I think that was really part of that memories. stretch where he was uh, really rushing up a storm that season. Uh, he he was, was was that the season he rushed for. For hundred yards, uh, for hundred yards in a game, it wasn't this game. But it wasn't this I, game. But it might have been that season. I can't remember. He was like on a hot streak where every week it seemed like he was getting 50, 60, 70 yards rushing yeah. in an arena game, and it was yep. a big deal. So yeah, that was unusual because you know arena quarterbacks really didn't yeah. run that much, and and the fullbacks didn't run much either. It was just mainly pass, pass, pass. But but when you saw a fullback, it was for a two yard touchdown. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, we need one yard. Bob so McMillan to, or uh, Chris Avery from the <laughs> Rampage were the two greatest arena fullbacks yeah. of all time. Yep. All right, uh, moving on to today's birthdays. Uh, July 26th, defensive end and defensive tackle Bob Lilly turns 83 years old today. He played his college football at TCU, and he was the 13th overall pick in the 1961 NFL Draft by the Dallas Cowboys. But he was also a second-round pick 
in the 1961 AFL draft by the Dallas Texans. So both te- both teams in Dallas wanted Bob Lilly. And of course, he chose to sign with the Cowboys and spent 14 seasons, uh, his entire career, with the Cowboys from 1961 to 1974. He won uh, a Super Bowl with the team, Super Bowl VI, and he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1980. So a uh, great career for Bob Lilly. The other uh, Bob that was... Uh, has a birthday today is Bob Waterfield, uh, born on this date in 1920. He passed away in 1983 at the age of 62. He played his college football at UCLA and was selected in the fifth round of the 1944 NFL Draft by the Cleveland Rams. He played eight NFL seasons from 1945 to 1952, uh, all with the Rams. Uh, One year in Cleveland and then they moved to LA, so he he was with the Rams his whole time. Uh, He won two NFL titles. One with Cleveland in 1945, his rookie season, and one with L.A. in 1951. His number seven jersey was retired by the Rams in 1952, and he was married to actress Jane Russell from 1943 to 1968. Uh, He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1965. Are you familiar with Jane Russell? I am not. She was in, um, uh, was it Gentlemen Prefer Blondes with Hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe? Uh, The two of them were... The as big, big as a Marilyn that. Monroe fan as I am, I have not seen all of her movies. Uh, yeah, she was a big Hollywood star, and uh, and he was married to her. And, uh, you know, the, the Pro Football Researchers Association just produced a book on the 1951 Rams, and so Bob Waterfield was uh, featured in that mm-hmm. book prominently uh, for his role that season. Okay, let's uh, move on to some obituaries. There were a ton of obituaries this week, but I whittled it down to four that we're going to read today. Any of the other ones you could find on theworldoffootball.com? Uh, yes, the the other ones I I did write up a little um, uh, write up on each one of them, and uh, you can find those on our uh, website under the news section. But the first obituary today is that of Doug Mitchell, a former commissioner of the Canadian Football League. He has passed away at the age of 83. Mitchell was the sixth commissioner of the CFL from 1984 to 1988. He attended Colorado College on a hockey scholarship. He then went on to attend the University of British Columbia, where he played football while earning a bachelor's degree in law, and he graduated there in 1962. Mitchell played both offense and defense for the University of British Columbia and played briefly in the CFL for the British Columbia Lions in 1960. U-Sports, which is the Canadian uh, equivalent to the NCAA up there, uh, named a national college football semifinal game after him, the Mitchell Bowl, which I've known about the Mitchell Bowl for years. I did not know who that was named after. Now I do. Uh, Mitchell is a member of the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame and Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, he was also He's also been named to the Alberta Order of Excellence and the Order of Canada. Mitchell was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame as a builder in 2021. All right, our next obituary is that of Jim Dillard, a running back in the Canadian Football League for seven seasons and has passed away at the age of 83. Dillard played college football at Oklahoma State and was selected in the fourth round of the 1962 NFL Draft by the Baltimore Colts. He was selected in the ninth round of the 1962 AFL Draft by the Oakland Raiders. He chose, however, to sign with the CFL's Calgary Stampeders, where he played from 1962 to 1964. He also played for the Ottawa Rough Riders from 1965 to 1966, and then the Toronto Argonauts from 1967 to 1968. Our next obituary is that of Jim Lynch, a linebacker in the NFL for 11 seasons. He has passed away at the age of 76. Lynch played uh, his college football at Notre Dame, and was selected in the second round of the 1967 NFL Draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. He played his entire career with the Chiefs from 1967 to 1977 and won Super Bowl IV as a member of the Chiefs team. All right, and our final obituary this week is that of Charlie Johnson, a wide receiver in the NFL for nine seasons, has passed away at the age of 50. Johnson played college football at Colorado and was selected with the 17th overall selection in the 1994 NFL draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I might have had a football trading card to him. He played for the Steelers from 1996 to 1998. He also played for the Philadelphia Eagles in 1999 and 2000. Then he played for the Patriots in 2001 and then the Buffalo Bills 
in 2002, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl with that 2001 Patriots team. So, uh, yeah, 50. What a man! What a young age to be. Yeah, honest. they didn't really say uh, what the cause was. I think they they just found him unresponsive in, mm. in a hotel room. Sad, sad. So sad. I don't I don't know. We we might learn something later on. All right. Uh, any other breaking news before we go on to the history lesson? No. As of right now, things seem all no more quiet. stupid helmets uh, being. God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that Lions alternate like. Oh God. Uh, see through, uh, see through helmet. No. no. What if you don't know, like how back in the day they used to do those disco shoes with the fish in oh. the heel? <laughs> yeah. What if? What if the Dolphins or somebody was just crazy enough to do a oh, clear football God. helmet? Uh, no. With a goldfish no, in it as that's... as a joke. <laughs> Did you see the NFL meme about the Browns alternate helmet? Yeah. Oh, what a the, great a white helmet. What helmet with just the Browns with, helmet with on the it? Browns orange helmet <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think it'd be hilarious if the Browns actually like tried it out for a practice with that helmet on. <laughs> Would that not be the greatest troll of all time? That'd be great. Um, anyway, what are we doing now? Yeah. All right, we're going to go into this week's history lesson. <gasps> we're going to talk about the Incredible Hulk. Yes, we are. Uh, th- this week's history lesson is the time that the Incredible Hulk... Wait, which Incredible Hulk? The original Incredible Hulk. Oh, are you talking about uh, Eric Bana? No. Oh, Before wait, that. you mean the original in the MCU, which was played by Edward Norton? No. Okay, well, it's not no, this Mark Ruffalo. Well, who is, is it? This is back to the TV time. Well, listen, my son, and you shall hear of the story of the first Incredible Hulk. Uh, the time the Incredible Hulk donned the uniform of the Canadian Football League's Toronto Argonauts. Many football fans, especially young ones, think of their favorite football players as superheroes. Well... There was a time when one Marvel superhero actually tried out for a pro football team. Bodybuilder Lou Ferrigno was born on November 9, 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. He began working out and lifting weights when he was a teenager. In 1973, he won the titles of Mr. America and Mr. Universe. Ferrigno was featured in a documentary that was released in 1977 called Pumping Iron, along with fellow bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger. But in 1976, Ferrigno was not making much money in bodybuilding, so he took a job in a sheet metal factory. Then an opportunity arose to try out for a professional football team. This was totally unexpected because Ferrigno had never played organized football before in his life. The Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League wanted him to try out as a defensive lineman on the team. At six foot five and 285 pounds, he thought he would give it a shot. He was in Canada for about a month working out with the team, but he was cut after only two games. He never saw any game action. In an interview in 2011, Ferrigno recalled that he had a great time while he was up in Canada, but he didn't like all the hitting required in playing the game. Ferrigno went on to star in the TV series The Incredible Hulk for five seasons from 1977 to 1982. He played the Hulk opposite Bill Bixby's portrayal of Dr. David Banner. Ironically, in a season two episode called Killer Instinct, the Hulk made an appearance during a football game at the L.A. Coliseum. The two fictional teams, the L.A. Cougars and an unnamed team from Memphis, looks surprisingly like the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns. Some actual NFL footage of the Bears and Browns was even used during the show. One of the defensive players on the L.A. team was out to seriously injure the opposing team's quarterback when the Hulk ran out onto the field. He threw the defensive player over his shoulder and started running towards the end zone, stiff-arming every player that got in his way. He even pushed down the goalpost In slow motion, of course. Ferrigno went on to appear in many TV shows and movies over the years. On TV, he appeared on shows including Night Court, The Fall Guy, and The King of Queens. He also starred as Hercules in a 1983 movie and appeared in Sharknado 3 in 2015. He has also done a lot of voiceover work as well. He has done the voice of the Hulk in a couple of recent Marvel movies. Lou Ferrigno has had an incredible career in bodybuilding and in television and movies. 
but it just goes to show that being a real-life football player is not as easy as you might think, even for someone who has played the Hulk and Hercules. You know, the only thing that would have made that history lesson any better, I mean, it was already great, but it would have made it better is if you would have done your Stan Lee impression the entire time when talking about the Incredible I don't Hulk. have a Stan Lee impression. We'll get one, because I think you should have done that. <laughs> That's the only thing that would have enhanced this uh, experience. Well, I showed you the footage from the old TV yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you sat me down and I watched this clip. <laughs> I found that online, and, and uh, I thought that was great, the, the way uh, uh, the Hulk's on a, on a... It was the L.A. Coliseum, you know? <laughs> That's where they filmed Just it. throwing football and, players around and, like they're yeah, ragdolls. Oh, man. <laughs> He's carrying a guy over his shoulder. He's stiff-arming everybody, pushing people out of see, the way. See, you couldn't see the Hulk in the Marvel movies today doing that, so... <laughs> Everything's too animated. This guy, this was all him. They just painted him up green. He, it was all his own muscles. I just saw a video of him. He's 70 years old, yeah. and he still has arms like you cannot Dude, he, believe. He's got bazookas he for arms. He works out every day. He's got He still a, looks like, great. He does. He does. You wouldn't. When he said he was 70, I could not believe. I can't believe it, Because yeah. uh, he, he does. He really looks good. Uh, I think he looks better at his age than Arnold Schwarzenegger looks at his age. Ooh, you know, but, uh, I can't argue with you that one. <laughs> But no, that was that was an interesting story. Why and, you have to uh, drag Arnold into this, man? <laughs> All right, upcoming events calendar: Thursday, August fourth, the Pro Football Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Las Vegas Raiders. That is, we only have one more podcast before that game is being yeah. played. Our next podcast is the second, two days before this game. So, uh, looking forward to what I always love watching the the kickoff to the season. You know, if I don't watch anything else, I watch the. Hall of Fame game kickoff. I'm, I mean, I've always kind of been nostalgic for the Hall of Fame game, but in recent years, it's just preseason just doesn't do anything for me. I'm just give me to the regular season. Thank goodness we're only dealing with three games now, but still, get me to the regular season. That's all I but want. But would you go to a Hall no, of Fame game not. if Detroit were playing in it? Yes, I would. <laughs> That's the only way you're ever, ever again going to drag me to a preseason That's, game. Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't watch it on TV. And, and, or if know, it was like in Canada or something. It was in a special location I could see doing a preseason game. Mm. But no, I will never go to Ford Field for a preseason game. Uh-uh. <laughs> never again. Okay. And then uh, after that, uh, Tuesday, August 9th, Major League Football's inaugural season begins. I don't think it's going to happen still. I still haven't seen a whole lot about that. That's why I don't believe it's going to, you know, I don't think it exists. We'll see. We'll see. Jerry Glanville keeps saying it's going to happen. He's one of the head coaches of the four teams. So we shall see you very quickly. Saturday, August 13th, the IFL championship game is going to be played in Las Vegas. Man, I hope that... uh, uh, the Quad City Steam Wheelers are in that. I just want a good game. Give me Clint Dolezal and those Frisco Fighters. Like if I had to make a prediction, give me the Frisco he's Fighters. He's not with the Frisco Fighters anymore. Is he not? I thought no, he was he, still... no, he's not the head coach of Frisco oh, anymore. Oh well, I take that back. Down with the Frisco <laughs> Fighters then. And uh, Thursday, September eighth, the NFL regular season begins with a game in Los Angeles between oh. the Bills. And the Rams. This better be a great game. This better be a shootout well, to start the season. If this is a huge disappointment, that's that's going to disappoint a lot of people. Josh Everybody Allen is looking Matt for the Stafford. for the greatest uh, opening night ever of an NFL season, and it, it it has that possibility. It's got you know the Super Bowl champs against a team that I think a lot of people are kind of should thinking have been could, in the Super Bowl. Should have been, but I think a lot of people are thinking the Bills might be the team to beat this year. So we'll see. Yeah. Josh Allen, he's oh he's something else. Bills fans think they're they're oh they think that, yeah don't mess with Bills Mafia man don't mess with them don't do it we're okay. so close to finishing this podcast we don't need Bills Mafia yeah crashing in on our tables in yeah. here okay uh, anything else uh, as I check my podcast. phone one last time no breaking news no new helmets no new contracts no well, new retirements well that'll all happen in the next thirty minutes after I did we get sign a package off. delivered so <laughs> I need to go get that at some point. Okay. Well, don't, don't let me go out and get it because I might fall out on the porch again and tripping right. over a package. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity and the incredible Hulk that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow our Twitter account, which is uh, at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this very podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the full audio version 
on YouTube. Uh, our YouTube channel is The World of Football Kalamazoo, if you want to find us there. We dropped a video last night of Randy talking about right. his five uh, go-to football books. Yes, uh, books that uh, maybe are not well-known to the average football fan, but uh, I have them in my collection. I think each one of them is awesome, and I think uh, everybody should be reading these particular books because they, they really have a lot to, to tell football fans, things that you would not know. Uh, one of them was about the 1903 high school football team uh, from Benton Harbor, Michigan. Who's writing about football in 1903? You know, you might be able to get some old dusty books on the shelf somewhere, but this was a book that was, you know, written, I forget the year, yet. I have to check the video myself. But, yeah, it was a great book uh, based on actual events and pictures of, of actual players from 1903 in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Just a really great book. So I got five books, you know, one for college, uh, high school, CFL, arena football, and the NFL uh, that that people probably have not heard of before. Yeah, but so go, they should check them out. Go check the video out. I put a lot of work into editing that stinking yes, thing, Graham. Yes, you so, did. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, review. Let us know what you guys think. Leave a comment. Uh, we would love to have you guys be a part of the football conversation. We love uh, being able to talk, talk with people about football. Mm -hmm. I had a big conversation today about somebody who – didn't know much about the Canadian Football League, so I had a fun time explaining the Canadian Educating League. Educating them, yes. enlightening them. Or just looking like a complete buffoon trying to explain a new league to them. Well, you could be you could be lying out your butt, and he wouldn't know because he doesn't know anything about it. What do you, hold on. What do you mean they got 12 guys on the field? You're yanking my chain. What do you mean? Three downs? Okay, now you're really making it up. A 55-yard line? Okay, yeah, I'm done. This sounds ridiculous. This doesn't sound real. Yeah. The goalpost is at the front of the end zone. 20-yard end zones. Yeah. yeah. Wood cookies. <laughs> there you go. That's another reference to your you just thing got, from last week. You just got to pull out your phone and show somebody a picture. of that. You can't imagine. To me, a Canadian Football League field has to be seen in person, like the Grand Canyon. I mean, I've been oh, to the Grand wow, Canyon. I've been to the Grand Canyon. Put that Canyon. on a postcard. The or Grand a Canyon does not, uh, pictures of the Grand Canyon do not do it justice. You have to go there and experience the Grand Canyon to really appreciate how great the Grand Canyon is. And and Canadian football field, until you see it in person, you, you see it on TV and it's like, well, that doesn't look that much different. No, you go there and you see that huge field and those huge end zones and that 55-yard line, you know you're not in Kansas anymore. When you no, see you're, that. In, you're in Canada. And I right. would hope you know you're in Canada. <laughs> better health care up there, too. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say better, but it's different. Uh, better, <laughs> I think, is the definitive word. Anyway, we're trying to wrap this show up. Yes, yes. Um, and remember, folks, yeah. uh, some people may love football more than we do. <laughs> yeah, right. But nobody loves more football than we do. If you couldn't tell by the tangent, we literally just went on. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm Adam Snow. We'll see you all next week.